Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. So today's message rings out loud and clear. You can belong before you... You can belong before you... You can say it all now. You can. There we go. Belonging. We want to build, Shelley and I want to build a kind of church where you can belong before you believe. I remember going to church as a kid. We were forced. I, were, I couldn't miss really. I were in Cubs and then I were in Church Lads Brigade and St. John Ambulance Brigade with white handbag, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> and we used to go with our wellies on and stuff and put our wellies up on pews and cross our legs and giggle like little kids. And women would be sat there and we'd, we'd be going... Get them a paracetamol, get them a... And they were praying and they, they didn't see our humour as funny. We thought it was hilarious. But it was all... All you could hear when the vicar was speaking was blah 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 Jesus, blah 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 It meant nothing to us. And, um, and so, having had those experiences, I'm glad because I know what I don't want. I'm not always sure what I do want, but I know what I definitely don't want. And, and so as, as we've got together, me and Shelley, we've been married now 33 years. We've been, and we dated for four years. That's way too long. If you're anything about Christian marriages, you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. Well, we didn't. But before I met Shelley, that's another story. Anyway, I've been forgiven. We don't go fishing. We don't go fishing, do we? We don't go fishing. I've been forgiven. But, you know, for four years, that's too long to wait to get married. I'm just a little advice for you teenagers, you know. So... Building relationships and building a church for people who never go. Because before people can trust Jesus, we have to demolish arguments in the mind. We have, to, we have to cut through years of bad experiences of life and church and stuff so that people can get it and go with it, yeah? So I want to be part of a church where you can belong before you believe. That means you're not judged when you come out with a daft thing or something like that. I can remember us thinking, was Jesus a space man? And, and everyone's like, he wasn't, he was God the Son and the Son of God and all the kind of, the religious stuff, all the accurate stuff was poured out. But you know what? We thought he might have been a spaceman. We were just thinking, that's all we were doing. Thinking out, does anyone else think out loud like me? <laughs> Gets you into trouble sometimes. You know, Easter is a time of new beginnings, new life. It's when dead things come to life. Jesus, the author of life, died on the cross. The one who said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now what the cross says, I thirst. What's going on? There's a substitution going on. Jesus is taking the punishment that should have been yours and mine for our sins. But instead, Jesus, the super sub, comes on. And he comes on at the right time. The Bible says, just at the right time, Christ died. While we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us while we were still ungodly. Not when we were like, put your fags out and hide your beer and like looking good. He died for us while we were still ungodly. He's seen you and me at our worst and he was still prepared to die for us. He's the super sub that comes on at the right time and changes the whole game. It changes the whole game. And now people who don't deserve heaven can have it freely. He's paid for everything. Stop feeling guilty. Stop 
whipping yourself for things that you've said and done in your past, things that you haven't been able to say. And now you think it, your life, every time you have that thought, it crushes you. That thought today is going to be dissolved in the name of Jesus Christ because that's God's gift to you. That's what he wants to do. Set you free from your past and give you a new beginning. Anybody want a new beginning? When Jesus rose again on the third day, he broke out of the old order that was broken down and decaying and he brought in his new order with great power and that's throbbing with vibrant life. And he says, if you want to believe in me, even though you die, yet shall you live. You'll be indestructible. You are going to live forever. I want to live forever. It's a great word. Great phrase. All religions claim to have the truth or a set of beliefs. And it's your attitude and your position and your belief towards those truths that decides whether you're in or you're out. And even, even Jesus and the Bible make enormous claims on, on truth. In fact, Jesus makes the strongest claims ever when he claimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes, no one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I am a way, one of many, or a truth, one of many, yeah. or a life. No, he says, I am the way, yeah. the truth, yeah. the life. He said, well, that's not politically correct. He wasn't trying to be politically correct. He was trying to be honest. Wow. He was just being truthful because he is God and he is all truth. So he has to say the truth. Yeah. And do you know something? When they crucified Jesus, it wasn't because he'd been stealing or lying or cheating. He hadn't done anything wrong. It's for who he claimed to be. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You are not the way. You, you are not the Messiah. You are not the Son of God. Are you? And he said, yes, I am. Crucify him. He only claimed something. He hadn't done anything wrong. How strange is that? And he went to six courts. If you've ever been to court and been misjudged, and you think, that's not fair, just think about Jesus. Six courts, three Jewish, three Roman, within space of 24 hours. How does that play with your mind? And yet Jesus didn't lose it at all. Strong yeah. in mind, strong in spirit, and spoke the truth. And at one point, he wouldn't even speak because it was irrelevant what they were saying. They were just having a go. So he didn't, he didn't try and justify himself. He went quiet. The more I read about Jesus, the more I want to be like Jesus. It's awesome. Jesus and his disciples never tried to pressure anyone into believing, but rather they gave space and grace for honest doubts, honest questions. They allowed people to just be themselves. How do we know this? Well, I want to read to you from John's Gospel, chapter 20. This is after Jesus has died and was buried, and then he rose again. And the disciples have seen him except for Thomas. Now, Thomas gets the name Doubter. Thomas wasn't a doubter. He just refused to believe because of his past experiences with God. He refused to believe. It's not doubting. It's unbelief. It's different. When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking past, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of this world. Not the sins of this world, but the sin of this world. What is the sin of this world that you and I possess until we give it to Christ? It's the sin of unbelief, a refusal to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he's come to break that and to, be able to give us the ability to have faith that he is. Because when you have faith that he is, 
you'll get eternal life. It's not just your past being dealt with. It's not just your present starting to, to look promising. It's not just for your future to be really engaging. But you know, it's for that eternity in heaven with God Almighty. If you think the reds at night, we're called shepherd's delight, are beautiful, you want to see the reds in heaven. You want to see the blues in heaven. We get a glimpse of it in the last book of the Bible. You know, God isn't hard up. So many churches make God look like he's a penny pincher. You know, it says in the Bible, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. He's not hard up. I know there'll be a few of us up there with crowbars. <laughs> Just taking a few paving stones over us. We're all going on a summer. And it's pointless. Why? Because there's more. God is massive. And we have shrunken him down to this can. How can we get the roof fixed? And it's like, no, no, no. God is big. And he can transform things that are not into things that should be. He turns water into wine. He kickstarts marriages. It's fantastic. Gives us a new chance. People that have blown it, gives you second chances, third chances, gazillion chances. Here we see Thomas. Stubborn Thomas. Everyone says stubborn. It's an awful thing, that. Unless you're on the right track. Sometimes your stubbornness gets you there, which is a good thing. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have sinned the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I cannot believe. One week later, he turns up at the dinner party. <laughs> you like how I wove that in there? <laughs> he turned up at the dinner party. He'd missed it the week before, and Jesus was there. But he turns up the week after at the dinner party. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, because the, the disciples were terrified of being found out, because they'd murdered Jesus, and they're thinking... If the Romans get hold of us or the, the Jewish leaders, we are dead. So they locked the doors through fear. It was a fellowship of fear. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. You'd need him to say that because Thomas walked through the door, but Jesus walked through the wall. And I said, well, there you go. I can't believe that. I know it plays with your mind, doesn't it? How does God fling stars into space? How does God create with just a word when it takes you ages to build, for a builder to build a wall and you can only go so many sections high each day? And yet God, you know, NASA have told us if you can count the stars, it will take somebody 3,000 years to count the stars if they could be named. And they can be. It would take them three years. Could you imagine if you were married that long and you got to 2,927 and your wife said, do you want a brew? You go, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Rewind another two and a half thousand. Anyway, just a thought that I had the other day as I was thinking. God is amazing. bigger than what you think. Yeah. Jesus had moved from the old order. You try and walk through a door today, you'll not get through it. We're part of the old order. Yeah. Jesus' body had changed. He'd got a new body. And it was, a, uh, it was a body that could walk through walls, and yet it wasn't a ghost. He ate fish to prove that he wasn't a ghost. 
it's an eternal body and the Bible talks about that and you know I have to submit myself to God's word because it's beyond me if I was writing the Bible I wouldn't have put that in I'd have just skirted that and just said yeah Jesus crashed in through door and everything everything's fine but it's not the Bible leaves the awkward because it has to record what they saw and heard it wasn't made up and they died for these words they died for these words. So they didn't make it up. If you're making the story up, you'd, you'd soon turn around and say, he didn't rise from the dead. We just nicked his body. Sorry. Yeah. You know, when pain hits you, but they didn't. Yeah. They died in horrendous death, most of them. There was only Judas who hung himself, but there, were, there, were, there was only John who died of natural causes. The others were all murdered. Why? For preaching a, a crucified Christ? No. For preaching a risen Christ. Yeah. The resurrection yeah. is the heart of the gospel. Yeah. If Jesus isn't risen, it's all a load of rubbish. Yeah. Everything hinges on Jesus' resurrection. Yeah. So they're in the house. Jesus comes and he says, peace be with you. Now that sounds very religious. That was a term that would be normal. And for us, it'd be, all right, guys, that's how it would be. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be clever. I'm just saying that's how it would be. Hey, guys, it's like, Jesus. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, I mean Jesus. <laughs> and notice, Thomas hadn't been there the week before. We've established that. And now Jesus comes and he says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in, into my side. Stop doubting and believe. That's a command from Jesus. To his disciple. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed or happy are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. And I want to just unpack that story this morning as fast as I can. I want to do it as fast as I did them baptisms with Sam Ross. That water was freezing. <laughs> And the guy said, we want it done in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going, in the name of the Father, and the Son, Holy Spirit, next! Holy Spirit, next! My legs were aching. Sam's looking at me as if to say, you look like you're possessed. And I'm looking back saying, I don't care. If you're pressurized into believing, pressure leads to pretending faith, while process leads to profound faith and we much prefer the profound faith yeah. I've tried to pressurize people into faith as a young evangelist and zealous and always preaching and always in people's faces and I've led thousands to Christ <laughs> but there isn't thousands necessarily going on today with Christ because they were pressurized and so it's not that, that, that the gospel doesn't bring a crisis to your life it does because we have to choose to follow Jesus or not. And today you will. You will choose to follow him or not. And that's entirely up to yourselves. But I want a kind of church that says, I haven't chosen to follow him. I think I'd like to, but I'm unsure. Can I come and ask questions? You can belong before you believe. And we've got dinner parties going on. That's a nice way to belong before you believe. And we have some lovely wine in those. And it's not just for bread and wine. We just like drinking wine. And we get it from the Bible, Jesus turned water into, I'm only doing what the master did. 
I won't shoot the messenger. Ah, but did he drink beer? He did on Saturdays. Did it? No, I'm just making it up. But I'm applying the truth. I'm applying it. Number one, Thomas's journey starts from a unique place. He says, now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. The writer is letting us know who he is and that he wasn't in a certain place when Jesus came. He wasn't there. Why is he writing that? Because he wants us to know that every one of us starts our journey of faith in a unique, a unique place. It's unique to you. I was 19 and a drunken bum. I wasn't a bum, really. My mum would disagree with that. She'd say, you were a real bum. <laughs> Never encouraged me that one. I'll be all right. But I came as a daft lad at 19. We all start at different places. My wife, Shelley, was carried to church by one of the elders so that this young couple who was a mum and dad, her mum was 16 when she had Shelley, they, so that they could have a bit of a break and, uh, you know, on a Sunday while the daughter went to, to church. Isn't it great? That old man had memorized 2,000 scriptures. That old man, I spoke to him. You know, we hear so many stories about old men and children, our church leaders and children. He was one of the many that are fantastic. But you see, she was a kid, but at 12-year-old, she gave her life to Christ. And she found forgiveness through the Girl Guides on a, on, a, on a camp. Her mother was in another field, and she gave her life to Christ at almost 30-year-old. I don't know where you're at today. Why not start that journey of faith today? No pressure, but start looking. I'll tell you what, there'll be a pressure for you not to. Totally unfair, but there's pressures for you not to. People will try and stop you. The start of everyone's journey is unique. If I had to try and get to London from York, it's a different map than if you were starting in Scotland, somewhere in Scotland. Is that we've all got to start from where we're at. Not everyone has been through what you've been through. We've all got a different starting point in our upbringing, our environment, our relationships and social surroundings, our life experiences and, and all the things that we've been through. But today you can start your journey of faith, of finding Jesus and following him. Number two, the disciples accept Thomas as he is. Not where they want him to be, but as he is. Who's ever had a mate that doesn't get on the same page as everybody else? You know, you might be going on a pub crawl and say, well, go down here. And well, I don't like that pub. All right, more to the point. I've been buying from three of them. <laughs> so it's, and it's like, just, just come. Just, just mingle. Just go with the floor. It's irritating when people don't go with the floor, yeah? yeah. <laughs> There's very few leaders in here, I can tell. Because <laughs> when you're a leader, you just love it when people go with the floor. It says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. They let him hang out. They let him be with them, even though he didn't believe what they believed. And he'd been with them for three years, so he trusted them. There's a point. He got to know them, and he just said, guys, I know that you're saying what you're saying, but I saw him on the cross. I saw him dead. When they put the nails through his hands, or more to the point, through his wrists. Because the hand was, was considered that a, a cubit was from, from your tip of your fingers to your elbow, but an hand's length was like halfway. 
And so that was considered the hand. And, you know, the, the nails went through the two bones there. And Jesus would have hung on the cross. And he says, I were there when they sunk the nails in. I were there when they put a 12-inch nail through the balls of Jesus' feet. And they pinned him to the cross. I was there when they lifted him up. And when, he's, when he hung there dying, and then a sword's got into it, a spear's got into his side, and blood and water comes out. And if you're a medical person, you'll know it wasn't the spear that killed him. He died of a broken heart. Blood and water came out. He died of a broken heart. Dying for the sin of the world. He was trying to bring us, mankind, back to the Father. Thomas said, I've seen that. And I cannot believe that he's rose again. What's the matter, guys? Can you not hear me? That's a travesty of justice. <laughs> but they accepted him from where he was at. Why does Thomas stay and hang around when he doesn't share the, uh, the disciples' beliefs and experience? Why does he hang around? It's because they were warm and friendly, not judgmental and not superior. They were being patient with him. You can belong in global before you believe. And you, you know, dinner parties are brilliant for that. Some services are great, but dinner parties become part of a dinner party. And it's not just a dinner party, it's the lifestyle around that dinner party. Because when we all go out, we all go out together. Yeah? And it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant thing. When communities are dying, we are resurrecting them. When communities are losing how to be with each other, we're bringing it back. Uh, it's, it's, it is an old concept, but some things that are old are still beautiful. You know, you came into this world in an old-fashioned way, and you'll go out of it in an old-fashioned way. Not every, I never used to speak like this, but when I hit 50, just a few years ago, <laughs> I'm near 60 than 50, but I feel like, when I saw that band tonight, I feel like I'm Tom Jones. Yeah, I'm the old guy now, you know, before I used to be the one, in, well, one of them. All right, I wanted to be one of them. I were never good enough. <laughs> How fantastic are them young people. I love them. It's fantastic. So, you can belong in church before you believe in Jesus. Number three, Thomas allows his past experiences to make him stubborn and unteachable. God is perfect. God is beautiful. God is powerful. God is amazing. So, you know, when you start to get to know how, how God is, and he's not stuck up. If I was as brilliant as God in my life, I'd want VIP treatment wherever I went. And when he sent his son, he made sure he was born in a food stall, a cattle stall. Not in the hotel, but in the barn. That was God's design. It wasn't because Mary and Joseph were poor. They weren't poor. They had money for the hotel. It's just that there weren't no room at the inn. God made sure he was born there. Why? Because what God wants to send a message to, it doesn't matter what your postcode is. You can find Christ. Whether you're high up there, whether you're way down there, it doesn't really matter to God. God will meet you where you're at. Thomas, is, Thomas has allowed his past experiences to make him stubborn and unteachable. What about you? We've got to stop blaming God. There is another person, you know. He's not as powerful as God, but another person that God created. And he became known as Satan, or the devil. And God created angels, and a third of them rebelled. God created mankind, and the whole of them, 100% have rebelled. And that's why we've got a lot of troubles in this world. 
But I want you to know that when Jesus died on the cross, it was to reverse the curse. He said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, you can hear him, angry, and put my finger where the nails are, or where the nails were, and put my hand into his side. I cannot believe. This isn't doubt. This is unbelief. This is a determination not to believe. And if you refuse to believe, you won't believe. He's not going to come and tuck you up in bed with some cocoa. It's tough being a Christian because it challenges everything, our world worldview and everything. It, cha- it cha- challenges our desires where we think something's okay. You read the Bible, you find it's not okay. You say, well, I don't agree with that. And we have to come to it. How do you come to submitting to the Bible? It takes time. That's why you must belong before you believe. Because it takes time. It's not a textbook, isn't the Bible. It's God's word to us. Even Jesus said in John's gospel to his disciples, he said, there are many things I want to teach you, but you wouldn't be able to bear them just yet. And so we've got to be less clumsy in our teaching and training. And we've got to meet people where they're at and help them move through. Not putting people, oh, you don't believe that. Surely you don't believe that. No, no, no. We give him time. Number four, Thomas positioned himself for faith to find him or for him to find faith. But he positioned himself. Come on, guys, this year, position yourselves. Elvis loved the gospel. He said to him, he said, he said, well, what is the gospel? He said, the gospel is a place where you go to for transcendence. It's a place where you go to for peace. The gospel is where you go for a, a certain type of security. It builds a home a home deep within your soul, bringing a stillness and a strength to your body, mind, and soul. And Elvis went there of trouble. And you know something? We go there in times of trouble and in times of celebration. The gospel is Jesus. God is good news. The gospel's all about Jesus. He is good news. Remember, he turned water into wine because they were running out, they'd run out of wine at a party. How did we mix all that up and make Jesus so boring and a party pooper? When Jesus, we could have a talk today saying Jesus keeps the party going. Well, you didn't seem that encouraged. (laughs) Thomas received his own faith. Jesus said, come on, Thomas. He puts a challenge out to him. Jesus puts a challenge out to those that are close to him. And he says, Thomas, put your fingers in the nail prints. Put your hand on my side. Stop believing. Sorry, stop doubting and believe. <laughs> stop. Jesus weren't dyslexic. I just, I'm just struggling here. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Stop it. Why? Because you're going to miss out. Stop it. Stop doubting and believe. Right at the end of this chapter, John goes on to saying these things were written. Many things could have been written about Jesus, but these things were written so that you could believe. And in believing, have eternal life. Have you got eternal life today? Do you know that you've got eternal life, no matter what comes at you in life, that you've got eternity with God Almighty? You can endure more pain in life. Know that you've got a need to enjoy God and enjoy life. And me and Shelley have decided we're going to give our lives to Jesus in this life to win as many people as possible. But in Oh my word, it says that rewards will be given out. Honestly, I'm going to need a neck brace for the crown that's going to come on this head with all the jewels in it. I'll be spending all night trying to get the jewels out and flipping them up. Flea market up there. Anyway. So he comes to him and he, and he challenges him to touch him. And the Bible doesn't record Thomas ever doing that. 
The first time as he looked into the eyes of the risen Jesus, he realized for three years he'd been living, sleeping, drinking and eating and listening to the teaching. Not of just God the Son. Not just the Son of God, sorry, but God the Son. He's looking into the eyes of Almighty God. And he's the first man ever to call Jesus God. He said, my Lord and my He's moved. Because he can belong before he believes. He's moved from the unique place where he started to a place of personal faith. My Lord and my God. Is he your Lord today? Is he your God today? You cannot have him and have other gods. You can't. You can only have him. It'll take your time. Come and join a, a, a dinner party. Time to talk about these things. As I out statements like that, I know they need unpacking. It's important that you belong before you believe. Because when you do believe, when you do get it, and some are going to believe this morning, there's some even in the dinner parties you're going to believe today because you've been around long enough and you, you just, you're just waiting, thinking it's going to happen. Today it's going to happen. Just have that sense. But if you hang around long enough, belonging before you believe, Jesus will turn up. The invisible God will turn up. How do I know? Because it happened to Thomas. Thomas wasn't expecting it. He'd just come to mourn and groan to the disciples. And while they were putting the kettle on, Jesus walks in and it's all changed. He turned up. Jesus turned up. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 